Hi, I'm John Veely, and this is another episode of Conversations with Cool People. And here I am today with the CEO of the New England Free Jacks. That's a major league rugby team that is based in Boston, Massachusetts, and covers all six of the New England uh, states. And uh, Alex Magleby um, is not just a CEO, but he was a national team coach for the USA Rugby Sevens. He was their general manager, uh, high performance director, national team player, um, just a superstar in the sport of rugby and has made the evolution into the, uh, the front office. And uh, Alex, uh, welcome to our uh, little show. John, it's great, to, it's great to be on the show and great to reconnect. And I just have to give a shout out to my business haircut and then my party in the back. You know, <laughs> well, Alex, is- I, I, I'm a big fan of the mullet. I, I had a mullet when I played college rugby in the 80s. But we didn't, it wasn't called a mullet back then. We just thought it was stylish, you know, the hockey players had it and the soccer players had it. So I was doing it in rugby and uh, I was out at Cal Berkeley, which was more of a hippie long hair haircut. And I, I thought I was being fashionable, you know, with my serious in the front party in the back thing. And uh, years later, it was just made fun of. So I'm glad you're bringing it back with style that it deserves and needs. Yeah, we're bringing it back. You know, it, 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 it's, 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 it's a great haircut and, and, and mustaches are awesome as well. But just to really raise, aware, raise awareness for mental health um, issues, we certainly had a mental health crisis prior to COVID. And, um, you know, certainly after the last six months, you know, some estimates about 20% to 40% of adults are, are dealing with some sort of mental issues right now. And I tell you, man, I, we, we've seen it uh, firsthand on COVID and um, how that's really been attacking people. We've had some turnover in our company. Uh, for people just really, really kind of um, feeling bad. I mean, you know, we've got a couple of people, we know, we're, we're in a smaller town and they're from bigger cities. They got to go home, uh, had to leave their jobs, you know, and uh, just, it's great, uh, great that, that you're attacking that or approaching that uh, thing. So uh, hats off to you on that. That's right. awesome. So Alex, tell us a little bit about, about you, how you got into uh, being in the front office of a professional rugby franchise and uh, co-founder and, uh, and CEO, no doubt. Yeah, so so John, you know, I was I grew up eighties uh, and nineties in Utah, and back then there weren't a lot of pockets of, of high school rugby. There were some some pretty successful ones, and Utah certainly was one of those. And I played for a high school team back when USA Rugby had a national championship. And we were kind of the perennial national champions at Highland. The work that's been very good. You were a Highland guy. Oh, that's yeah. one of the great rugby teams. I didn't I don't know that Alex. I've known you for a long time, but Highland, what, that's probably the preeminent high school rugby team um, in the country. I mean, you guys had some squads that were fantastic. Yeah, I mean, like the, the, my generation, there were four guys that went and played in the NFL. So real athletes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah, we knew that. We saw those guys. That was uh, that's impressive. Actually, making that side is, uh, would, would have been no small effort. Yeah, so, you know, I, I had that, I had that um, opportunity, and that, a lot of people didn't have that at the time. You know, we all played football in the fall, and in the winter you, you skied, you played basketball, sure. and then uh, rugby in the spring. And then I went to Dartmouth and uh, a long, long legacy of, of a quality program with great coaching. Yeah. Similar yeah. uh, to Cal, probably, a, probably a, a junior version of Cal. Much well, smaller. We played Dartmouth in the national championship, the only national championship I got to win in 88, and we won on a penalty kick. And yeah. uh, matter of fact, there is great dispute of whether my friend James Smith, who was the prop, um, dumped the scrum or I forget the name of the guy. He was an All-American. Uh, great. What's that? Oh, was it Tata? Yes, Tata. Tata versus James Smith. Tata was a superstar. 
the uh, the ref calls uh, Tata for dumping the scrum. Scott Barber, who is now the uh, orthopedic um, uh, doctor and sponsor of Rugby ATL, kicks the penalty kick, and we win. Um, uh, a very, very, I think it was nine to three or nine to six or something like that. But what a game. And uh, I, I went up against Bobby Sproul. Um, and those guys were awesome, man. I mean, we became good friends. They went on tour uh, to Cal before the national championship. We faced them that second time. Hats off to Dartmouth Rugby. They are a great team. Um, great. And our, our team in, in Oklahoma was founded by a Dartmouth alum, John Woods, and a Harvard alum, my father. And, and a Marine, uh, Tarzan Wilson. So I've, I've, we've known about Dartmouth rugby my whole life and, uh, and many great friends on that team. So, yeah, you've done some great stuff with that program and, and a long line of great guys there. Absolutely. You know, and women. Uh, it reminds me, Maura Redcorn, uh, who I grew up with in high school, she went to Dartmouth when I went to Cal, and uh, she went on to become a women's eagle and, and still really big part of Dartmouth and her background. Yeah, they're, they're now a varsity program, and um, yeah. coach, and she's doing a fantastic job and continues a legacy of producing top quality international, you know, uh, Eagles. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, so, and that reminds me of when Dartmouth played Cal in the CRC when you were the head coach, uh, which was really your launching pad into becoming the national team coach, as I recall. And, uh, you know, I, you guys were spunky. You had a couple twins on the team, as I recall. And, uh, you know, Berkeley, uh, you know, a powerhouse team, and you guys won it with, don't mean any insult, less athletic guys and winning rucks in, in sevens. And that was, uh, I, I remember that. I watched, I watched every match of that tournament, and uh, you guys played just beautiful, great controlled rugby. Yeah, it was, it was a great group. You know, that, that group had played the year before in Columbus, and so they learned a lot. They then, you know, played together in, in 2011 and won that. They won it in 2012 as well. Just to, and Madison was a freshman on the 2012 team. Madison Hughes, the, the, right. the U.S. men's team, uh, seventh team. And so Greg and Chris and Nick Downer, they were MVPs. And right. just all of them tremendously good humans. Nate Brakeley was part of that. He was a legend in MLR. He's also a Cap Eagle. It's just a really, really group, good group to work with. Um, they, they're fantastic. Were, so how, where did that, where did winning that national championship in sevens rank in your, uh, your personal achievements? You know, it, it was, it was pretty special, you know, it was pretty special to go through the, that experience with that group kind of over that two to three years, um, yeah. just to be a part of that growth and their knowledge transfer and just seeing, you know, what they were able to create and being a part of that. I was very fortunate to be a part of that. Uh, and it was pretty awesome. It was pretty special. We got back to campus full times and the campus was going crazy. And just, that was a lot of fun. We we're on national TV, like, Rugby, you know, yeah. it to um, the Presmac family for making that a reality for a lot of uh, student collegiate athletes. And yeah, it was exactly like the World Series. They were fed well, housed, great venue. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I got I got a chance to, to coach the Oklahoma team there once in, in 2012, and it was such a great experience for our guys. You know, we toured all the way up the East Coast, went to New York, played a little touch rugby in Central Park, played at you know a, an all black and Hispanic high school. Um, you know, uh, you know, to kind of warm up for it. it. It was a real treat. And, and for the guys to be at that level um, was really neat. And so I, I, that was really where I saw the big jump of rugby. Got on the NBC and stuff like that, went through colleges first. And then so that really kind of now take your career. You went from there to be the U.S. national team coach. And now you're the CEO of a major league rugby franchise. So tell yeah. us about what you – 
you know, American rugby, what, what's coming up with Major League Rugby, what's coming up for the Free Jacks, what are your thoughts, your joys, your challenges? You look at the participation numbers and they've increased in some capacities, some areas maybe not so much. Uh, the, the big thing for us is making sure people get in, get to experience our sport and our sport is this beautiful, wonderful thing on the field, right? It's very physical, a physicality relative to, to some of the sports that, you know, a lot of us grew up playing and watching here in the States. Um, it's uh, it's uh, the duality of that physicality with the, the beauty of the sport, the give and goes, uh, the ability to kick and manipulate a field in terms of a chess match in that regard. Yeah. There's so many things about our sport itself on the field. But what's so brilliant about our sport is the purity of that competition is so amazing, but off the field, it's everybody realizes, okay, that's just sport. That was an awesome contest. Yeah. We're just like we sat down to play chess, that we, we had a great contest. Winner or loser, we walk off, we celebrate the fact that we're able to do that together. And, uh, and, and that's a fantastic thing about our, about our sport is that duality of, you know, being really polished and buttoned up, but being a bit cheeky, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's cool, but, uh, but, but graceful. It is, um, it's hard, but it's a celebration, right? And I think that's right. just a great sport. And so what we're tasked with doing is, as, as live events companies right now is, is making sure we open up those opportunities to share in that experience as much as we possibly can with, with new fans. And we're seeing that, um, some fantastic growth in that regard. People who hadn't played it uh, now coming into it and just experiencing the, the lifestyle, really, of what rugby is all about, and just being good people. And, uh, and I think that's, that's really sellable, and people are really attracted to that. And I'm going to continue to share that. COVID. Yeah, let's go, into, let's go into that a little bit, because the dynamic of rugby is different than every other sport, and you'll hear any of the guys that have played both, including the guy that's looming over your shoulder, uh, professional football player Nate Ebner, uh, U.S. national team player, um, scored a try in the Olympics, uh, just, uh, but, you know, in conversations with him, um, and really anybody that's played rugby and others always loves the camaraderie. How are you, you know, bringing fans into that people you know to be a rugby fan is different than being a football fan isn't it it's different than being a new england patriot fan to be a new england free jack fan and uh, what are how how are you doing that what's that experience like for somebody that's never been around rugby they're like hey come watch a game and this is what this experience is going to be like tell us a little bit about that you know we celebrate the working really hard all week we have a lot of we have a demographic and a growing demographic that is socioeconomically diverse but typically uh, decently educated, but they work, whether they're, they're laborers or whether they're attorneys, right? right. Work hard. What we provide them is an opportunity to come together and kind of celebrate that work week, have a lot of fun, um, have some laughs, but it's not so crazy that it's offensive. You know, right. they're songs, but they're, they're not offensive. They're, there's tailgating, which we all love. Um, you know, there's, there's even parading and marching, and there's all these other things going on in that kind of match day festival. Great rugby on the field. But you know what? If 25% of the people come to those events and walk off and didn't watch any rugby, we're probably still pretty successful. Um, over time, they're going to watch the rugby and learn more about it. And they're like, oh, that's right. actually, you know, I get that. That's a scrum. Well, that was just like scrimmage line of football. Okay, I totally get that. Um, and that's what we, we offer. It's just an intimate experience you can't get in other you know, sports entertainment properties in the United States. It's that intimacy. It's the globalness of it. You don't really yeah. get sports. I mean, soccer has a bit of that. But the... Um, that connection, that intimacy is something that is um, very attractive. And I think that's what sets us apart and a bit different than what currently exists in the American sports entertainment landscape. 
For sure. I mean, the term elegant violence, you know, you see on bumper stickers, but you know, rugby is like an onion, right? You peel it back and you learn more about it. You see it at the beginning. If you don't know anything about it, you see a scrum. You're like, what is this? Eight guys on each side, um, a line out where they're lifting these guys, uh, just 15 people on the, on the pitch on each team. It's a massive number of people, big hits, but yet some of it's almost like ballet, isn't it? I mean, you know, a, a good break with six or seven guys touching the ball um, is just a beautiful thing about the game. And then you're right. The rugby party has a mystique, but it's sophisticated at the same time. It's fun. Um, and playing against your bitter rivals and then shaking their hands afterwards. This is real. You're not, you're not making this up. There's no Disneyland. Here. No. It's uh, and, and people play from all over the world and all walks of life. You're, you're absolutely right. And, uh, and, and it's what makes uh, some people call it the game they play in heaven. But a lot of people say, I've never had more fun playing a sport than this one. And, and seeing it go into the professional ranks in America and bringing the fan into it in a real, in a real way, in an intimate way, I mean, that's just smart. But it, I can't see it being done any other way, right? I mean, that's, that's really neat. The, the fact that you could get to know your, your, uh, your stars of your town the way that, you know, the, the Baltimore Colts people used to know the Baltimore Colt world champions in the fifties, right? That's, that's what we have right now. Don't we? And uh, get to know your people, get to know your stars in a way. That's, that's fantastic, Max. It's really good. The relatability of our heroes, I think. John G is a really good point. It's the relatability of our heroes on the field, right? Right. They're, they're coaching kids rugby, you know, they're, they're working at schools. They're, um, right. they're, they're an everyday person who's done well on the field. It's not the kind of like, you know tom brady model aspirational never be that that kind right. of are uh, and, and that's not negative i'm not saying that's negative it's just different right. it's definitely better yeah I could, I could sit down and have a beer with that person right that's my neighbor yeah. um, to your point about yeah the old colts and just the old nfl 50 years ago versus probably a bit more what what that um is today so, yeah, so yeah. you never see those guys today You'd never see them in a local bar or a restaurant, or if you did, you wouldn't dare talk to them, right? I mean, uh, you know, this is a different thing, and that's really neat, and uh, I'm really, we've been waiting for pro rugby forever. I mean, you know, I remember a bumper sticker at Monterey, uh, you know, when I was a kid that said pro rugby 1977. It never happened, right? But then we've got pro rugby, now we have major league rugby. Keeps growing, keeps getting better, more teams. It's, it's fantastic. Where, where do you think it goes next? You know, I think we continue to see the growth that we have. Yeah. Clearly, five of, of sports in the United States have a massive participation part underneath. So there's really two parts of this. There's increasing participation. That's people who play the game, people who coach the game, people who ref the game, because that, that fills up the funnel, right? And right. what we're all about is at the Free Jacks and certainly MLR is providing more of those opportunities so people can come into the game as participants, but right. the ones who in the game having a better experience than they, than they do um, and just really making sure we're helping the scholastic model and continue to share the values of the game through participation and then going back to what we just talked about is is really the the community culture piece of our sport right never participated or may never ever want to participate but still have access to the beauty of what this whole thing is the beauty of this culture and sharing that and you know that's COVID aside that's cookouts that's um you know, doing five Ks together, that's you know, raising money together for charity like we're doing for, for mullets and mustaches, you know, that is agnostic whether you ever played the game or not. So it's two, those two things, right? We, we do know that we have a very attractive TV um, product. You know, it's a big ball, it's a white ball, there's ball movement, I understand that. The game's not very long. 
um, but it's long enough that you can get into the strategy of it and the, the, the technical pieces of that. Getting, getting people and educating people on like what those things are and what that means. By the way, the uniforms, we can, we can sell the heroes that we were just talking about. You know, they're very sellable. Most of them are fairly well-spoken. They're global. You get to see their faces. They don't have helmets over it, right? Good-looking people. And yeah. that's our, like, you know, in terms, of, in terms of rugby in this country, and you see that with our seven-side programs and just how well they're doing, kind of that yeah. they're becoming. And um, I think that's, that's a really attractive bit for, for TV. So it's, it's a sport that in many ways is made for media. Going back to that live events piece we talked about, that's also so important for us to, to, to develop our fans for the future. That's fantastic. And, and uh, so let's talk about the global thing. You know, we're a, a couple of American kids that learned rugby in America, uh, you in Utah, me in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, and, and the rarity of that, right? I think I was the only high school player in the state of Oklahoma because my dad founded the college team, I got to play with older guys, and it was club rugby back then. So I had 26-year-old, 30-year-old teammates as a 17-year-old, 125-pound kid. My first match against uh, the Marine uh, and, and artillery guys at Fort Sill, it was, it was an insane way to get in, in, involved in the game, but, but it was fun. And here we are today. And, um, you know, working in the sport, I always, there was no money to make in, when I was in rugby. It was an amateur sport. But now what I get to do is bring in international stars to play. I just got, a, I just got an All Blacks jersey uh, from Areni Ayi, uh, who was the, uh, he was the World's Rugby's uh, Sevens Player of the Year um, for the All Blacks, you know, a team that is just beyond all mystique. And now he's coaching uh, the Giltinis. He's the backs coach for the Giltinis. And, uh, and uh, I got to do the Beasts uh, uh, visa. He would win the World Cup. And, and, I, and, I, and before that, uh, Waseli Serevi, you know, uh, having Waseli Serevi on speed dial is like having Michael Jordan uh, for me. And uh, it's just great to be able to talk to those guys. But it's really neat to, uh, to talk to coaches and players before they come to America, ask them why they want to come here. And it's really neat. It's been fun working with you both on the national team and, and the Free Jacks uh, to help look at strategies to get these players to come here because, you know, what we have in America, we're not the most sophisticated rugby market by any stretch of it but we are the best sports market in the world. And, you know, this is where we catapult past the other countries because of how we market sports in our country. And that's why I love so much that you're involved in this and how you're talking about it, your passion and vision. But what are you looking for um, when you're looking at players to bring over here uh, to, to come into the American market? How do you, how do you convince a guy uh, to leave New Zealand or South Africa or Argentina or wherever they may to, to come play in Boston? What's that experience like? Yeah, so Johnny, I think there's two pieces. Of that one is, is is continuing to find ways to uh, generate more local talent. I think that's a really important piece to our future growth. And sure. we're seeing um, from some colleges and high schools that that continues to solidify that scholastic model. That's really really important. Um, part of helping those players transition into professional rugby is, is mentorship for people who mm-hmm. have that experience. Right. Sure. Uh, important piece. Globally, right now, there's probably um, a high quality of really good players floating around. You know, 20 years ago, the the, the, the rugby-centric countries all invested heavily and right. continue to produce really, really good players. And there's not enough professional spots right. for players throughout, throughout the world. So there's a, there, is a, there is a supply of really high-quality players on the market right now on a macro level. Uh, and, and then just the attractiveness of coming playing into a new competition, a startup competition, that is, 
it's it's a, it's a fast game. It's an energy and an energizing game. There's not the you're not playing these like middle of December, January Scotland get beat up right. on an ice kind of kind of thing. And you're not playing that other model, which is like 32, 35 games a year and just getting totally beat up. You know, it's a it's a nice uh, coherent uh, season. And you get to experience the United States and, and, and Canada, which is very, very cool. And so yeah. you're a star player in your country. You've kind of done that thing. Yeah, you may not make the same on your, um, on your salary that you did at home, but you're having this world-class experience in this country and, and seeing the world from a different thing and all part of this startup and mentoring other players. And that, that is, I think, a really, really cool experience for some. And then some are kind of at that lower age where they're, um, there's just not enough opportunities at home, and so, but they're really high quality, like no yeah. different than player B. And so, we're seeing a lot of those players come over as well. So it's there is there is high demand to be to be playing in the in Major League Rugby, and that's really cool. Well, I've noticed um, just the rugby level of these players. I, I've, I've been lucky. I got a front row spot on um, you know this sort of stuff. It's kind of like uh, you know playing fantasy football with real life, right? And uh, getting to work on the visas for these guys. I mean, the guys that are, that are playing at this competition are world-class players. I mean, yeah. you know, stars for their national teams, playing at the top professional competitions around the world. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing how good the level of rugby is in Major League Rugby. Right? Yeah. I'm absolutely. just loving it. It's, it's fantastic. John, you've been phenomenal in helping us in that regard and, you know, helping advise on how best to do that. And, um, and we just really appreciate all your efforts on that. Well, thank you. I, I've enjoyed it, and uh, getting to know some of the guys and their, uh, you know, their American dream uh, come true is really neat. Uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, of your guys is Tom Kindly, and uh, you know, where you brought him on a uh, comes to Dartmouth on a J one. Uh, then he's uh, then he's with the Free Jacks, and he's with USA Rugby, and uh, you know, doing so much of that uh, hard, you know, front office stuff. You see him growing as a, as a person. And uh, I just love to see when people come to this country and make it. Um, yeah. That's, that's been fun to watch. Take an opportunity to really run with it. Again, that's fantastic. Yeah, it really is. Um, well, thanks on that. Um, so I wanted to, to briefly talk about uh, the guy over your shoulder, Nate Ebner. Um, this is, uh, you know, uh, one of ours that, uh, that went on to, uh, to play pro football. And, and the story of Nate's fantastic. He was a he was a high school rugby player, um, and his dad was his coach, Jeff Ebner. And I'm actually wearing a jacket today that I got to pre present to Nate on behalf of his father. And I tell you, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. We, we did it in conjunction with the USA Sevens. Uh, we had the, the, the Maccabi team is the national team uh, that represents in the, the world Maccabi games. Those are for, uh, for Jewish athletes. And, uh, and so um, – Jeff played on that team. He goes into the, uh, the Hall of Fame. Jeff was murdered um, when Nate was a young man. And uh, he had already played high school rugby for him. And he had um, he'd talked to his dad about – he was playing rugby for Ohio State about trying out for the football team. And he tries out for the football team, makes the football team. Um, his dad is, is murdered while he's away at college. He, he, he talked about when his dad would come visit him in Columbus – they lived in, uh, in another city in Ohio. And then um, after he makes the Patriots, he wins the Super Bowl a couple of times. And, uh, you know, in a, as a defensive back. And then he decides he wants to go back to rugby, and he makes the national team. He makes the Olympic team. And he had to talk Belichick 
into missing mandatory practice to go down to the Olympics. And I remember so much about that is on SportsCenter on the day that the U.S. was going to play its first Olympic game since the 1920s when, uh, in 15s, um, that Bill Belichick is wearing a USA rugby jersey to practice. And uh, Brady sends out a tweet wearing the, the USA rugby jersey and his Patriots helmet. And then, um, and then Ebner scores a try. And if uh, angels that can look down on you and help you through life exist, that had to be Jeff Ebner throughout that path. And I tell you, uh, when, when we inducted his father into the Hall of Fame and he talked about his dad, I tell you, um, one of the most moving things, it's giving me goosebumps just thinking about it right now. And now he's an owner, um, uh, one of the owners of the Free Jacks, isn't he? He is, yeah. I mean, uh, such a fantastic thing. And uh, we're, we're so proud of him as a rugby player that makes it good in, in pro football, but then comes back into the game you know, and, and owns a franchise, uh, you know, that's just a really neat thing. Um, and what an, what an honor uh, to get to be around a guy like that. He's a great human. Yeah, okay. That's very cool. Well, we're kind of getting up at the end uh, here. Any, anything you want to chat about um, uh, going forward or? John, it's just been, you know, COVID obviously is, you know, we weren't able to, to, to share the experiences of our live events with our fans. And we've got a great fan group already, but develop other fans. We've really had to shift to, to do a lot of things virtually sure. and maintaining connections there and you know, really becoming more of a media company right now. And sure. we started Academy. We've had a thousand people come through that. Now we're able to get on the field a little bit. thousand people through the Academy. That's fantastic. What, um, what is, when, when's the season going to start now? You guys have a solid date, or is it a little fluid with uh, COVID? So we're still aiming for for spring. You know, I think okay. we all understand that we're a live events companies. Sure. Um, chance that we'd still do a potentially a bubble with safety first of our players and staff, of course, and and our fans, and so not not put anybody in harm's way. Uh, but I think we have time on our side right now, sure. uh, which is, and that, that's what we're going to learn a lot of lessons this fall from a lot of the other sports that continue. To, to engage uh, in their own local environments and we'll see where it goes. And obviously things change every day with, with COVID management, but safety first will really drive all of that. In the meantime, you know, we've done the virtual academy, we've created three different podcasts and running this one called Contact CEO. And that's really just sharing the conversations that are already happening in terms of growing a sports entertainment startup, you know, to try to become a global sports entertainment startup and sharing those conversations. That's been a lot of fun and we're able to right now help you know, raise some money and awareness for, for mental health. And that's something we're really focused on. It's really important to us as an organization. And so we're going to keep pushing that. And the you know, academy is going to start picking up steam here pretty soon in terms of what we're going to be allowed to do on the field uh, at all levels. And then, uh, of course, the, the players will start arriving um, um, in, in the winter. And we've got a great season ahead. So it's, it's, it's really exciting times. And what it allowed us to do is kind of to evaluate and reset this whole COVID thing. And we've got a great a new um, commissioner who's done fantastic things and building a really good office. So it's a very bright future for uh, Major League Rugby. That's fantastic. So where does someone go to find out about how to get tickets and uh, watch the Free Jacks? Yeah, freejacks.com. It's got everything you need to know. Okay. And who are some of the players to watch out for this year? On the oh, there's ones. I mean, you know, Tara was probably the first one we, we announced, Tara Matembu, uh, who you've been really helpful with. And Tara was captain of the Sharks in, in Super Rugby. Right. And, Dougie Fife was was quickly there announced thereafter. You know, he's a Scotland international in sevens and fifteens. Dougie, Dougie will be an electric wing for us. And there's a long list of, of guys like that. 
plus a lot of the returning guys, the, the American domestic players were really excited about. So it, it, um, there'll be more announcements here in the next uh, couple of weeks. So we have That's a really fantastic. Team. So uh, how, how do you predict the team's going to go this year? Or are we going to see the Free Jacks? I think at the end of the day, everybody's going to say, you know what, that's a, that's a really humble team. That's a really hungry team, and they're having a lot of fun. And I think that the wins are going to take care of themselves. You know, but I think that's what people will see and feel, and uh, that's what we're really excited about. What, uh, where do the Free Jacks play? We're at Weymouth at uh, the Union Point uh, Sports Complex. We build a, a temporary stadium there. And we have okay. offices, and we engage with a lot of things in downtown. So we're, we're kind of, that's the, kind of the greater Boston area. Then we have an office in Hanover, New Hampshire, and we do academies and clinics and all sorts of things. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Boston has some of the best fans uh, in the world. And uh, to play any sport there is, is fantastic. I'm really proud of you and happy that you're doing it with, uh, with the rugby team. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you again, Mags. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll sign off now. I'm, I'm John Veely. This is Conversations with Cool People. And this is a really cool guy, Alexander Magleby. And uh, go check this out on the Online Visas YouTube channel. Uh, if you like it, please uh, subscribe, like, and share. And Mags, good luck with uh, Full Contact CEO. I've been watching that stuff. It's, uh, it's good work, uh, that what you're doing on that, and showing so many different uh, aspects of your very diverse skill set. Um, and uh, good, good to see you do it. Good man. I appreciate it. It was great to reconnect. All right. Take care, Mags. Thank <laughs> you.